Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Jesus said, Jesus said that the word of God is right. Amen. Glory. It's truth. He said, thy word is truth. Uh, He said, uh, uh, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. So we're thankful that the Bible is truth and that it's right. Well, we're in Proverbs 21, 23. And as I mentioned, I think last week, you know, we have different subjects we talk about that Proverbs talks about. And this particular proverb talks about the mouth, the mouth. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Proverbs 21, 23 in the King James Version, the Protestant Bible says, quote, whoso keepeth, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. And then in the Tanakh, that is the Jewish Bible, it says, quote, He who guards his mouth and tongue guards himself from trouble, unquote. In the Positive Thinking Bible, it says, quote, watching what you say can save you a lot of trouble. I believe that. I know that's right. And in today's English version, it says, quote, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Now, beloved, this whole this whole subject of the mouth, amen, we find out, glory to God, we, uh, in Scripture, how powerful and how eventful your mouth can be and how it is important for you to keep your mouth. Notice what the King James says, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue. And that takes a lot of discipline only by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to make it possible for you to keep your mouth and your tongue. You know, this is this is just a personal opinion. But a person who is a good example of this was Vice President Pence. Now, Vice President Pence, I'm not speaking here about the politics, whether you're for Republican or you're not for Republican, whatever. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the politics, okay? Put that on the back burner. I'm talking about I'm talking about uh Brother Pence, the the Christian brother who is 
a man deeply devoted to prayer. And the outstanding thing when we look at Brother Pence is how quiet and calm he is at all times. And that's because he's a man who is deeply in the Lord, who believes in the power of prayer and gives himself to a lot of prayer. And you will find truly, 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 that the more spiritual a person is, you will find that they are quiet, the quieter they are. And that became a bone of contention with some politicians because they said they didn't call him brother because they're not saved, but he's, he's a brother in Christ. We would call him a brother. So they would call him uh, Vice President Pence. They would say, um, you need to stand up and talk more. Because in the world, they value a lot of talking. But in Christ, we find that people who are really devoted to prayer, they're very quiet. They become very quiet. And when you see Brother Pence, you'll notice that most of the 99% of the time, he's very quiet and composed. And so he keeps his soul out of troubles. He keep, he, the only trouble he got was when people thought, well, you didn't stand up enough uh, and, and do A, B, C, D, E, and you didn't fight enough, amen? But a lot of people in the world don't understand. The most spiritual persons I've ever run into were some of the quietest people. They were so quiet. Why? Because the more time you spend with the Lord, the, the more peaceful and the quieter you are. The louder you are, the Bible says a fool is known by multitude of words. He's known by a lot of talking. Amen. His soul is not in peace. And so he's just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. Amen. Glory to God. And this says, who keepeth his mouth and his tongue? How do you keep your mouth and your tongue? By spending a lot of time, God, by asking him to to help you, glory to God, and he will. You'll get more quiet and more quiet and more quiet. The more you spend time with him and in his word, meditating. And that's a real secret. A lot of people don't understand that. Glory to God. But uh, we have examples of people in the in the Bible who they kept their mouth closed and they were successful, and then others who opened up their mouth and they found real trouble. Amen? I want you to turn to Nehemiah. I want you to turn back from Proverbs back to Nehemiah and go to Nehemiah 2. Go to Nehemiah 2. Nehemiah, the second chapter. Nehemiah, the second chapter, the 11th verse. Nehemiah, the second chapter, the 11th verse. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Now, you remember the story of Nehemiah. He got a commission from the king. God gave him great favor with the king. The king gave him money to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so he did. And in the 11th verse, it says, he left Babylon, 
and he came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Now look at verse 12 on. And I arose in the night, I and some men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. In other words, he, he didn't talk. He didn't talk to say what his plans were. He was there three days, and he didn't talk, and he didn't tell anybody what his plans were. And then when he got up in the night with a few friends, he didn't talk. He said, neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley, and so returned. And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Now, to make a long story short, we know that through many many afflictions and many trials, Nehemiah finally in the end prevailed and built the walls of Jerusalem, restored the walls of Jerusalem. And when this is one of the books that I go to when I'm teaching spiritual warfare, because the enemy, all of the quite a number of the tactics and things that the enemy used to hinder Nehemiah, he still uses those same tactics to hinder the children of God from accomplishing what God has set for them to do. He uses, the enemy uses those same tactics. So we can teach spiritual warfare. This is just one of the books. It's not the only book. And, and use the things. But one of the very wonderful things that Nehemiah did, notice it said he told nobody what his plans were. Now, they knew that, he was, that the king sent him back to Jerusalem, and they knew that it was to restore, but they didn't know exactly what he was going to do or what his plans were or how he was going to attack it or accomplish his goal. And he on purpose kept his future plans to himself. Amen? And he was successful. Now let's turn to Genesis the 37th chapter, and you say, oh, Genesis 37, I know where you're going. You're going to Joseph. That's correct. Turn to Genesis, the 37th chapter. Genesis 37. Genesis 37, the ninth verse. Genesis 37, the ninth verse. And it said, and he dreamed yet another dream. Who are we talking about here? We're talking about Joseph. Amen. He's still in the promised land. 
and he's dreaming dreams. And in the ninth verse it says, and he, that is Joseph, dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren. What is this an example of? This is an example of someone who didn't keep what he knew to himself. He didn't keep his future plans. He didn't keep what God had shared with him to himself. Amen? It says, and he told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and his brethren. He even went and told his mom and dad. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brothers envied him, but his father observed the same. Notice what the Bible says. His brethren envied him. Beloved, the Bible teaches who can stand before envy. The Bible says that it was, it was for envy that they crucified Jesus. When people envy you, that spirit of jealousy, now it, it, the spirit of jealousy, it, 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 it's a very funny spirit. It doesn't rest on people all the time. It comes and goes. But when it rests on a person, it is so wicked that what it wants to do is destroy the object of its envy or jealousy. You remember Saul, when that spirit came on him, he took his javelin and wanted to thrust David through with his javelin. His brothers here, it said his brethren envied him. And so what did they want to do? They wanted to destroy him. You'll find that when people, it, the person who's full of envy, they're usually, they usually get very quiet. Look, they look at someone, and maybe, they, maybe that person has something that they feel they deserve and that other person doesn't deserve, that wicked spirit. And usually it's just for a second, but it's the most wicked thought you could ever think of. The person gets enraged for a moment. I'm up against a break. Hold on. Hold on. I'm up against a break. Wait a minute. I'll be right back. Hold on. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Uh, beloved, we're looking at Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three, and in the today's English version of that, it's rendered, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. 
Be careful what you say with your mouth. Be careful what you say with your mouth. And we were talking about that spirit of envy that comes on a person. Uh, I tell you, and I experienced this. The, the, one of the reasons, not only from Scripture do I see it, but one day I was looking at a person. I think, now don't hold me to this. I think they were Hispanic. I think they were Hispanic. And they were obviously prosperous. And for a split second, the thought came to my mind, how did they get all that? They must have stole it. They must have did something, something, something. And I thought, you wicked spirit, you wicked thought. But it's like that. And then when I thought about that, I thought about that's how other people feel about you. If you have, because sometimes me and my wife, we get dressed up when we go out for after church, we go out to dinner on the Sabbath day. And so we'll look like a pretty penny. And we'll notice some people's reaction is off out of the out of the, the stadium. And we're wondering, well, what have we done? We're only we're only walking in the restaurant. I mean, what why are people, you know, so so I tell you, I tell you, when when that spirit of wickedness comes, that spirit of envy and jealousy, it's only for a moment. And the person feels like the other person doesn't deserve it, that they deserve it, that they've been waiting for it, that, that why didn't they get it? They're just as good as them. And, and, and see, a Christian knows that, that those are wicked, and he'll put, them, he'll put them down and rebuke that spirit, amen, and then repent and ask God to forgive them because that's what I had to do. Immediately, I recognized, wow, this, this thing, this thing. And I've seen that spirit come on a person for a moment, and they get the most wicked. Uh, sometimes this is uh, females will have this. They'll look at another female. Oh, my goodness. But thank God for repentance. Amen. We can repent of those wicked thoughts. Amen. But Joseph began to say these things, and his brethren thought, wait a minute. We're the elder children. We we're on top. Who are you? And you're going to talk about that. We're going to be bowing down. They hated the boy. They couldn't even speak peaceably to him. Amen. But once again, it taught it, 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 it personifies what this verse say. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say, be careful with your mouth. Amen. And we don't really get to, while I'm talking, turn to the book of Mark in the New Testament. Turn to Mark, Mark the 11th chapter. And we don't really understand the power of the tongue until we become saved and we look in the Bible. And the Bible begins to reveal to us just how powerful the tongue is and just how powerful just how powerful our words are. Amen? Um, let's go to Mark, the 11th chapter, and, and the 12th verse. Let's start with the 12th verse. It, uh, it says, glory to God, Mark eleven twelve. it says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he, that is Jesus, was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it and found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. 
And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, beloved, you know yourself that that um, that that doesn't sound too bad. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Amen. But then go to the 20th verse and look at the 20th verse. It says, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. And Peter calling to remembrance unto him said, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Now, I want to bring two things to your quick attention. Notice that it withered away overnight. That fig tree withered away overnight. Why did it wither away? Because Jesus spoke some words to it. But Peter said, the fig tree which thou cursest. And so I went back up and I said, wait a minute, that didn't sound like a curse to me. I said, all he said was, so I went back up to verse 14. It said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. I said, that don't sound like a curse. He just said, you ain't going to grow any more fruit. Amen. But Peter said that it was a curse. And it must have been a curse because the very next day that tree withered up, withered away. Amen. And so it goes back to what I was saying before. We really don't understand the power of our words. We think, oh, he didn't say nothing. He was just saying something about the fig tree. No, that was a curse. So what's your point, Pastor? Have you ever had people heard someone say to somebody else or say to you, Oh, that will, you'll tell them something. Oh, that will never work. Now, see, that's not a curse. I didn't say blah, 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 blah. No, I just said they told me something, and I said, ah, that'll never work. Amen? Now, there, people think when we don't have the Bible to tell us that death and life are in the power of the tongue and tell us that we're snared by the words of our mouth, we're snared by the words of our mouth. Our our words are arrows that go forth from our mouth. They're arrows, amen, that we we pronounce curses on people. See, when you're in the world and someone says, ah, oh, yeah, I heard what you said, but that, that'll never work. Now, in the world, we think, look, I didn't do anything. That was just my opinion. I have a right to my opinion, and I was just expressing my opinion. But when we read in the Bible, People saying things ordinarily, and those ordinary things that were expressions of negativity, we thought that was just a little negativity. We didn't know that that they were actually cursing. They were actually cursing what we were trying to accomplish. So we think that we're just expressing our opinion, but in reality, without knowing it, what we're really doing is we're putting a curse on on your plans Oh man I heard That ain't gonna work You know that ain't gonna work What I'm really doing Without realizing it Is I'm cursing your plans Amen Glory to God So So Because Because we have light The light of God's word We're trained to know There's things that you can share And then there's other things That you cannot share And if you want to keep your soul from trouble, keep your mouth. That's what the verse says. It says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. He who guards his mouth and tongue 
guards himself from trouble. Be careful what you say to others. Be careful what you say to yourself. Glory to God. It, I'm telling you, with so many people have been ruined by saying things. How many times have you talked to someone, counsel with them, and they'll begin to tell you what mama said to them? In fact, a friend of mine just called me this week. This very week, a, a, a bishop friend of mine, good friend of mine, and he was telling me what his mom said to him. And what was really taking him out was not so much the content of what she was saying, but it was the fact that this was her, this, this was his mom, his own mom saying these things. And he said, wait a minute, you know, what he was really saying was, I could probably take it from anybody else because I'm thick-skinned. But when my own mom said this to me, it really got to me, Pastor. It really got to me. And I told him, I said, I, I know what you're saying, brother. I know what you're saying. Amen. And in Proverbs 6, 2, glory to God. In Proverbs 6, 2, glory to God, it says, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. And in Proverbs 18, 21, like we were saying before, we find that the Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Glory to God. And so when we're in the world, we, we express our opinion about everything, and we say just everything we want to say. But because we're saints of God and we got the light of God's word and we find out how powerful words are, how powerful. Listen, beloved, how did you gain access to the kingdom of God. How was your destiny changed from a destiny being spent in the lake of fire for eternity as opposed to your destiny being changed where now, because you've asked Jesus to save you, now you're going to spend an eternity with the Lord Jesus forever. You're going to have eternal life forever instead of having an eternity in the lake of fire. How was that accomplished? That was accomplished by words. You heard the gospel, and with your mouth, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confession, when you're confessing or talking, you're talking. Your lips, your mouth, what you said. Your whole destiny was changed. By our words important? Do they have power? Yes, indeed. They changed your whole destiny. Your whole destiny was changed. Your whole purpose, your whole reason for living was changed because of words. Amen. Someone told you about Jesus and you asked to be saved. You asked him to come into your heart and life and, 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 and save you. And you received salvation. You, you, you became filled with the spirit of God. Amen. Glory to God, all with words, amen? Glory to God. How did you enter in to that wonderful, wonderful, blessed relationship and covenant with your spouse? You stood before a minister of God, and you said before men and before God, I take this person to, to, to be my lawfully wedded husband, wife, whichever one, forever and ever and ever, amen? Glory to God. And and then you were in an eternal covenant with someone forever and ever. Amen. The Bible says that 
people aren't given in marriage in heaven, but it didn't say that they couldn't come there married. It just says they're not given in marriage in heaven. Amen? Glory to God. But I'm convinced if you want to stay married, I'm convinced that God wouldn't break you up if you want to if you want to stay married now. He probably gives you the choice. But glory to God. All of this is accomplished by words. Amen? How do we receive the things that we receive? God, I believe your word, and I'm standing for this particular thing or that particular thing. Glory to God. And I thank God. Amen. I thank God for the, for, for the knowledge that God gives us in his word to watch what we say. Amen. We have to be careful what we say. Glory to God. Because you can say something to somebody. Glory to God. And their whole day change. Their whole outlook changes. Amen. Glory to God. You can brighten up their whole day just by smiling at them or saying something beautiful to them. Everything is going to be all right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you and keep you. Amen. I mean, you'll be surprised. Glory to God. You'll be surprised. Glory to God. What what the difference that can make in a person's life. Amen. Telling a person you have God's favor. They can't do it, but you can because you have God's favor. Glory to God. And God is with you. And if he's with you, who can be against you? You have no idea how refreshing that is. I mean, people have said something to a person, and it lasts a lifetime. One of the ways I got saved, because someone spoke to me at years before and said, until you find God, you're never going to be happy. And those words stuck with me. Amen? Glory to God. Beloved, glory to God. Words can make the, uh, the whole difference in your life. Amen? Glory to God. You got saved by words. You received the Lord Jesus by words. Your whole life was changed by words. And using words tonight, ask Jesus to save you. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you want to go through the door, Jesus is the door. If you want to go through the door, ask Jesus to save you, and he'll do just that. God bless you tonight. We love you in Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Be blessed. Amen. See you next week. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.